Hey there, I'm Bailey Nargang, Communications Manager at Building Roots. You're listening to the second episode of In Times of Change, the story of how one grassroots organization weathered the COVID-19 pandemic. Last week, we talked about the earliest days of the pandemic and everything it brought with it, major changes, major challenges, and major solutions. But on today's episode, Keeping Our Feet on the Ground, we're looking at what happened next, after the initial upheaval. Here's our narrator, Jennifer Hollett, with more. The first spring of the pandemic was one huge pivot. Building Roots basically rewrote their operational framework to respond to COVID-19. But if they were going to be able to help more people, they were going to need some more people to help them. At the same time, as they were frantically visiting every Dollarama possible and bagging groceries, a bunch of people were stuck sitting at home. And lots of them wanted to get out and do something. You know, before the pandemic, I was working a job that I didn't really love and uh, spent a lot of time sort of just collecting unemployment. And I didn't want to just sit around and not do anything. I wanted to make good use of my time. And, you know, doing something that I'm actually passionate about um, just made me feel good. This is Katie. She had found herself suddenly COVID unemployed and she was restless. I heard about Building Roots through a friend and just throughout the pandemic, I had a lot of spare time and was looking for ways to make better use of my time. And Building Roots just seemed like a great initiative that I wanted to get involved with. She's one of many people who've come on board during the pandemic. From March 2020 onwards, Building Roots has seen a major influx of people offering their time and skills to support their neighbors. This uptick has been essential to both supporting new programs and keeping old ones running smoothly. Here's Hannah to elaborate. So we have a couple of different roles that volunteers take on during the pandemic. Um, it can look like packing our food bags for our food deliveries as well as delivering our food bags to folks in um, different apartment buildings in the Moss Park area. We also have volunteers that support at our Moss Park market. So supporting with uh, on market day on Saturdays with packing food bags, as well as supporting community members that come by to identify what, uh, what they might wanna take home to eat. Um, we also have volunteers that support with our urban farm at Ashbridge Estate. So tending to the land, helping to plant and harvest, um, of course, when the season permits. We've also had volunteer drivers um, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, supporting with bringing food to folks just outside Moss Park in the downtown East area. And we've also had volunteers help with other tasks like outreach um, or remote tasks if they feel um, particularly keen to help in those different areas and might be unable to work on site um, at this time as well. I'm not sure we would be able to support the community in the robust, whole, deep way that we do without these volunteers, which is to say that things happen in a really organic, lovely way that it just so happened that our need to respond on a increased level 
and the influx of volunteers that we received happened simultaneously and necessarily. So that is a wonderful, happy occurrence. Yeah, our volunteer involvement has changed quite a bit. More, I mean, of course, we've been able to offer more opportunities for folks to volunteer as well because our capacity has increased and there's more ways for people to get involved. But one of the things that we've also found is that it's more than just them volunteering with our program. It's also been it's been great for us to find ways to connect people with volunteer opportunities that benefit them, that enhance their skills or that work for them. Someone may be a painter, someone may know how to may know how to build things, someone may know how to cook, someone may enjoy working at the farm. So I think it's just being able to connect people with those resources and looking beyond just like how they can serve us, also looking at how we can serve them and create opportunities for them to volunteer in ways that they enjoy, that they want to enhance their experience. One great example of uniquely personal volunteer contribution is the Building Roots Bookshare program. They distribute books of all kinds to the community for free. A lot of the books coming in from the Children's Book Bank end up going out through the Bookshare. It was actually started at the urging of a volunteer who is studying library science. So the genesis of the Bookshare program, it started with someone who actually was in my program. Their name is Emily, and they volunteer for Building Roots. And they uh, began speaking with Dustin about how to begin a program to make books available to members of the Moss Park community and downtown East in general. And really it started off with a call to the community to donate books to the program and have as much material as possible to give to people who face a lot of barriers and can't necessarily, you know, afford um, the material because books and other materials like that are, they're quite expensive. And Emily had to um, attend school full time. And that's when I came in. The I you're hearing from is Ethan Rosenberg, who stepped in as the Bookshare librarian after Emily in January 2020. As a recent grad of U of T School of Information, the opportunity came at the perfect time. I came from like a very theoretical background. Like I came from school and obviously given the pandemic employment opportunities are very low so from that standpoint i'm really grateful to have the volunteer opportunity to actually do something with you know the knowledge i have to really get out there and turn like the theoretical into a practical thing and not only in a way that like yes like serves my skills but in a way that really gives back to the community i mean there is such a difference between learning about how libraries and book programs can be charitable in the classroom versus then actually doing the work on the field. So I'm hugely grateful to, to Building Roots for giving me that opportunity. Absolutely. Ethan recently moved on to a new role, pursuing their passion in their field. So clearly being able to gain some relevant experience during a year of layoffs and lockdowns was pretty valuable. But on top of that, Building Roots volunteers were able to do something that was arguably even more rare in 2020. 
While most of us found our social circles dwindling, volunteering gave people the chance to make friends and community connections. I actually, that's the thing I've said multiple times that, you know, if you want to make friends in your 30s, like find, find a way to volunteer. <laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely like a social aspect of it too, especially during the pandemic when people, for the most part, you were told to stay home. You couldn't really go out and do anything. But if you're doing essential work, then you do have a reason to leave your home. So, um, yeah, even on for my mental health, I think getting out and being able to actually physically go to the market once a week, you know, just giving a reason to actually leave my home when I otherwise probably wouldn't have had a reason. So, yeah, especially during the pandemic, it's been really great. Mary, the assistant market manager, has both made and witnessed COVID-era connections at the market. You know, we have a lot of fun here. We're just like packing food, making jokes. We're like some of the only people over COVID that have like made friends. Yeah, like I've met a lot of new people, made new connections. It's nice. Um, I have like neighbors that I like wave to now. And I'm sure people who come here regularly have other people that they interact with on a weekly basis, which is great. These positive testimonies are already pretty strong recommendations for participating, but if their actions haven't already convinced you, there's also data to back it up. We got feedback from our volunteers about how they felt about volunteering with Building Roots over the 2020 season, and 100% of our volunteers um, provided the, the awesome feedback that volunteering with Building Roots over 2020 impacted their mental health positively. So um, not only were they able to create new friendships during a pandemic or give back to the community, which was um, incredibly helpful and beneficial in creating a resilient community, but it also um, personally had positive impacts for their mental health. Um, so that's something organizationally that is really important to us. Someone who knows a lot about the positive feedback loop of volunteering and community participation is Kate Hamilton. Kate's the manager of Building Roots Urban Farm at Ashbridge Estate. The space is graciously provided to Building Roots by the Ontario Heritage Trust. It's a beautiful historic plot of land located about four kilometers east of the Moss Park Market, a straight shot down Queen Street. Okay, so in general, we've got five areas. We've got learning raised bed learning garden down at the front we've got the orchard we've got a special little area for tomatoes and peppers that's really sunny and perfect for them we've got the big vegetable garden which also has a shade garden on a slope and an herb garden and a pollinator strip and we are helping to um, help the Ontario Heritage Trust with their rose garden is that over there as well? Yeah. Cool. So where do you want to start? On a typical Saturday morning, volunteers are scattered across all five main areas, watering, weeding, and tending. For a relatively small plot, there's a lot happening. The vegetable garden alone is growing a huge variety of produce. 
tea's just finishing here. Chives that come back year after year. Carrots, which we're very pleased to succeed with this year because they're a little bit tricky. Um, beets behind them. Um, some Swiss chard and other things behind that. Um, spinach is bolted behind that. A uh, combination of squash and callaloo behind that. A big pollinator strip at the back. And then we've got shallots. We thought of growing, we, we already grew um, garlic. And we thought of growing onions, but you know onions are not exactly exotic. So we thought we'd go, like, kick it up a notch. Uh, so we've got shallots bordering this bed. Um, summer squash, some of which are starting to fruit. Um, the beds are shaded with purslane, which itself is a very nutritious um, green that's loaded with omega-3s. Um, you don't want to have very much of it at once, but a few leaves and a salad is very good for you. We've got two rows of eggplant coming. Uh, two kinds, one of the uh, thin purple Japanese ones and another kind I haven't grown before which are black and about the size of a golf ball um, which is perfect, two or three of those is, are perfect for a small household whereas one of the big regular Italian eggplants is too much for a household. So we try and keep that in mind too. At the end of the day when the produce is harvested it makes its way west to the shipping container. There, it's used to fill up food bags. There's also space at the farm, purposefully dedicated to special community growing projects. Then here in this pretty cage that is a great defense against raccoons and squirrels is the um, Ojibicans, three sisters planting. So corn, beans, and squash. And you can see the corn is coming up rather nicely. That's an arid The farm is a natural extension of the work Building Roots does in a couple of ways. The first is pretty obvious. They're growing healthy food. Fresh organic food tastes really good. Fresh anything tastes better than not fresh anything. So we are delivering food that was harvested the previous morning. Um, and it's organic, um, and it's delivered by people who are purposely growing it for Moss Park. So there are uh, um, sensory and physiological and social all wrapped up in this produce. But Kate says food isn't the only thing they're growing. The other thing is we grow relationships both in this, the neighborhood of the farm and between the farm in the East End and Moss Park in the uh, center of the city. And this brings us back to the positive feedback loop of volunteering and community participation. Over years of stewarding volunteers through the work of the farm, Kate has witnessed it over and over. What we do here engages us directly with natural processes. And, and we know that, that a walk, for instance, in a park is better for your health. I mean, it slows your heart rate more. It does a variety of measurable physiological things uh, better than a walk in city streets. I think this kind of activity is, and engagement is important for any urban resident. There are um, identifiable stressors inherent in, in living in cities that we don't think of 
because we're used to them, but they're there. In addition, this last, the last year and a half have been really difficult for people having to suddenly adjust the way they're living and what they're doing and what they're looking forward to. So that's another huge potential stressor. Some people are more resilient than others, but all of us have felt it. Coming out to uh, farm, garden, on a regular basis, and seeing that the world is going on anyway, that the world hasn't ended, the, plant, the tomatoes are still growing, the lilies are still flowering, the sun is still shining, is a kind of anchor that I think helps, helps us a lot in keeping our feet on the ground. Plus, we're working together with other people on a common, fairly relaxed, but fairly focused project. Um, and that's also good for well-being. Participants without green space of their own are especially grateful for what the farm provides, like Ernie. Uh, I live um, very nearby but have no backyard to speak of. I have a very small balcony, so this is a wonderful place to get out. And I always come here and meet somebody. There's always somebody here doing a little bit of gardening or walking through with their dogs. I've met the neighbors, and we can be socially distanced outside, so it's been perfect for me. It's my outlet. It's becoming more than a garden. It's becoming um, a community. Ernie started volunteering at the farm last year. During the growing season, he's there multiple times a week. He'll walk down on weekdays to keep things watered and joins the whole volunteer crew every Saturday. Otherwise, I don't know what I would have done just sitting home all the time. So it's helped me tremendously. And I'm a senior, so I'm, you know, I need uh, some company. And this, uh, the people I meet here are just so welcoming and we talk gardening and enjoy just uh, being together. And, and for me personally, it's that home away from home. It's my backyard, so to speak. I think the most direct evidence I have of how important this is to the crew of 12 or 14 who come out every week is that they come out every week. And they've come out every week for two years. Um, you know, this is, this is, we're living in the middle of a, of a big city where people are paying for gym memberships and yet you can't get them to go three weeks in a row. Here, we're here every week. It's not hard physical labor, but it's definitely activity and exercise. And we come, we're coming back week after week after week, bringing things for each other. Um, people say things like, this is my meditation. This is my happy place. Um, I really miss this when I can't come here. During the pandemic, the farm has been a source of continuity for its volunteers. With so many things changing around them, they knew that every week they could go down to the farm and see things growing right on schedule. But it's also been a source of continuity for the folks in Moss Park. Because of the farm, they know they can count on the market to provide good food grown with care. And because I work primarily at the farm, I don't even think about that often enough, but I, have, I, I do go to the market um, from time to time. In fact, we have a little flower garden there. And seeing people come up so trusting to the market, so trusting, knowing that they're going to get 
a paper grocery bag full of fresh produce that they can afford and take away and eat. And just the, I'm not going to say confidence, but trust, um, trust in their faces is wonderful. The farm has been around for a few years now. It's always fulfilled a valuable purpose for the Building Roots community. But during the pandemic and in summer 2020, it gained a whole new importance. In general, the first summer of the pandemic had this whole new pressure. With things opening up a bit, it felt as important as ever to create opportunities for community connection. And so, as June rolled around, seedlings on the farm weren't the only things growing. A big new idea for the market had also taken root. A quote from a book that I'm reading called Pleasure Activism is we must prioritize the pleasure of those most impacted by oppression. This is Daniel Colrin, Building Roots Market Animator. So it speaks to the to the notion that we can't just do what's the bare minimum. Like uh, everyone deserves to have uh, pleasures in life and, and everyone deserves to have to have fun and everyone deserves to have access to, you know, um, to these experiences. So the idea of the summer concert series is to go above and beyond uh, the bare necessities of providing, you know, support uh, for the Moss Park community. It became apparent that with the space available to us outside the Moss Park market, we'd actually be able to directly reduce physical social isolation and in a safe manner. With the available space there and some incredible team efforts, we put on community gatherings every weekend, which included live music, performers, and other forms of uh, community animation all through the summer months of the pandemic. To help execute the series, Dustin reached out to their friend Danielle, who you just heard from. Danielle normally works as a concert promoter, but with that interrupted by COVID, they were eager to jump in and help animate the market. So the summer programming uh, for Building Roots focuses on a weekly weekly free events happening right beside the market. Every week we have performers, we have musicians, we have uh, talent that comes out, entertainment, artists, and a unique collaboration each week. Danielle curated the roster of 30-plus artistic collaborators with diversity in mind. Last year, we exclusively booked BIPOC LGBTQ plus uh, people and women, and it was phenomenal. <laughs> it, was, it was so much fun. And we just, uh, yeah, we find that it's not only important 
for these artists and the people of these communities to be involved. Uh, but we also find it important, you know, everyone deserves to a- experience the the full diversified musical experience, you know, and so, and we all deserve to share and hear it together. So it felt like a, a safer space, um, you know, and I, and I feel like I had some time to reflect on how other people had told me the same thing, that it just, it's refreshing to see um, everyone represented. I love it when we're cruising. All right, I'll let you know when. Baby, let's go away from here. Don't be confused. The way is clear. And if you want it, you got it forever. This is not a one-night stand. This representation was even more meaningful because it was fully compensated. Building Roots made sure that all performers were paid fairly for their work. Here's Dustin with more on that. In a time when venues were shut down, indoor gatherings were completely off, and outdoor gatherings beyond 100 people, I think, was the maximum we had reached as a city. There were so little paid opportunities for musicians and performing artists of all kind. So to be able to offer those paid opportunities and that platform within the community to, to, to connect with so many people was like so um, what was expressed by several of the performers as something like really impactful for them and like really something that they were really grateful for. We also did our best to weave our other areas of focus, like uh, food access and kids' resources, as I mentioned, into the programming contained within that animated summer space we cultivated. Mine's cooler. I need more colors. With the market, we transitioned to what we called the fun zone, which was just a physical area where you could come and pick out the contents of what would otherwise be in like a kit and um, that you pick up and just had a ton of stuff available there. Um, worked with other partners such as Dare Arts and um, we're able to like physically reach people in a more direct way. And, and then volunteership also in terms of like volunteer engagement, like a lot of volunteers from before and even some new community member volunteers who just saw the environment were like, can I like help out at the fun zone next weekend? Or So there was a lot of collaboration and I'm really proud of the way that we found a way to just allow people to have a great time together. Here's Leona, the Building Roots community leader. Uh, people come up to the park, they always want to know what's out there, what's the interest, what's going on, what's, what's playing. They always seem to spark up the park, you know, with music, uh, Jamaican music, uh, food out there. The kids come out and they play, they paint, they love it. And I totally love being out there with them. The series wasn't an immediate hit. But as the weeks went on, more and more community members found their way to the animated market. When we started booking the artists, it was very quiet uh, at the beginning and slowly everyone started, you know, coming out and um, coming into the park and laying down blankets. And towards the end, 
we had, you know, some people setting up hammocks and it was just like a beautiful, felt like a beautiful, relaxed and safer space. The artists had brought so much amazing and inspirational energy to the park and um, there was, you know, people dancing and seeing people dance for the first time in so many months and for a long time was really, was really refreshing and really good. The, the energy was, was necessary during a time that was so difficult and people were struggling so much just to have, you know, a Saturday afternoon park dance uh, in the sun. It definitely, I think, got a lot of people through uh, what they were going through, just being able to go and have somewhere to go to just, to just relax for a little bit. Next week on In Times of Change, the second wave of COVID arrives and the community rallies. In Times of Change was co-produced by CJRU 1280 AM and Building Roots with script consultation by me, Bailey Nargang. Writing, editing, and mixing by Quentin Bradshaw and narration by Jennifer Hollett. This episode featured many Building Roots team members, both current and former. Hannah Backman, Dustin Stern, Tuba Nasir, Ethan Rosenberg, Mary McCusker, Kate Hamilton, Danielle Colrin, and Leona. Thanks as well to Katie and Ernie for being interviewed for this, and for all they do as Building Roots volunteers. In this episode, you heard music from Poddington Bear, Julian Winter, and a bunch of talented Summer 2021 Moss Park Market performers. Christoph Hodge with the acoustic set, Catherine Miriam with the harp, and jazz performances by Alex Dean, Neil Swainson, and Morgan Childs, which was all curated by Jesse Markowitz. For the full list of sound credits, check out the show notes on CJRU's SoundCloud page or wherever you're listening to this episode. This was In Times of Change. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next Friday morning.